0: Welcome, everyone, to the Weird Internet Podcast. We have yours truly, Handro. we got Jarrell. Unfortunately, Chris was not able to make it, but we do have a very special guest, um, one of my old friends, Melinda. How you doing, Melinda?
1: Hi, I'm good. How are you guys?
0: Very excited. Very excited to talk about Disney because uh, we are Disney novices, and you are the expert here, and so we're here to learn from you. And so, I guess, To start us off, so the vast majority of people are familiar with like Disney movies and they know Disney characters. Disney is like a household name, but not everyone gets hooked. And so what got you hooked onto the Disney universe?
1: So I would definitely say that as a kid, I was very involved with Disney. I watched a lot of the classic films when I was little both me and my siblings, I have two younger siblings, a younger brother and a younger sister, we were all pretty involved with the films. And I had Mickey, Minnie, like a bunch of the characters as toys. So I definitely got into it as a child. But I think what really caused my Disney obsession to take off was when I moved um, in middle school. So I was born in Colorado. And I moved to California between seventh and eighth grade. And I happened to move to Orange County, which is pretty close to Disneyland. So we were trying to figure out what to do. It's a new area, trying to get familiar with everything. And my parents thought it would be neat if we went to Disneyland. So that actually was not my first time ever going. Um, I had vacationed once in 2010 and then ended up moving to California. Gosh, I think it was maybe within a year. I don't remember the exact time timeframe. Um, but yeah, because we were so close, we started going, and then we actually ended up getting annual passes. So it kind of became a tradition to go on the weekends. And I think a lot of people who live in Southern California kind of do the same thing. I think there's a lot of locals who go there. And it's just a really awesome place to be. Uh, I think going to the parks and seeing a lot of the characters and the stories come to life and the attractions and the entertainment really, I guess, kind of magnified my obsession with it. And I don't know there's just a certain feeling of happiness and joy that I get when I go there and it's really neat to be part of this Disney fandom too because so many people can share similar thoughts and experiences so I think all around it's just a combination of my childhood and then having made that move to California when I was I think I was 11 or 12 at the time when I moved
0: gosh gotcha. gosh gotcha, wow that's, a, that's pretty sweet timing. And honestly, SoCal is not a bad place to move to. Um, I'm curious, so with the annual pass, I know that a lot of people, they do like one-time trips to like Disneyland or Disney World, and they'll just try to like cram the whole park into a single day. And from my limited understanding, it seems like with the annual pass, you kind of can take your time a little more. And so I was curious, like from your perspective, like annual pass holder, what is your average day at Disneyland look like?
1: Um, So I would say that every single time I go to Disney, my experience is different. One of the questions that people have asked me a lot in the past is, do you ever get bored of Disney? You know, the rides are the same, the shows are the same, and that's absolutely true, but at the same time, I've never had two identical days at Disney. I think when it comes to the pass holder versus single time visit situation, there definitely is less pressure to get on every ride when you have an annual pass because if you can't make it on for whatever reason, you know that you can always go back and try it next week, next month, whenever your next visit's going to be. So I think because I kind of got to the point where I'd been on everything pretty much at least once or twice, um, I just ended up focusing on things that I really enjoyed. So. I don't rush things. If a line has a shorter weight, I'll get in the line. If I think it's too long, I don't stress about it. I usually like to get some sort of Starbucks or other treat and just walk around. And I think I really enjoy the details that Disney um, puts effort into doing. So of course they have the rides, which are amazing but there's so much that goes into the theming and the overall image of Disney that I think a lot of people overlook. And if you spend more time there, you can really develop an appreciation for those things.
0: Interesting. I'm curious about, so like Jarell and I, if, if we went, to, let's say we, Jarell, how many times have you been to Disneyland?
2: Uh, I can't, I can't recall. Uh, I think maybe it's double digits for sure. Double digits okay. for sure, but not, not triple the double digits. Yeah.
0: Not triple. I mean, so you've been there 90 times? That's Do you no, have like that's, an that's annual passion? Too, that's, that's holding too, out t-
2: t- on dude? No, no, okay, okay. I'll give you a range. Maybe uh between 0 and 50, I think. Okay. So we're there.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, fair enough. I've been like once that I can remember, and I'm curious, Melinda, about what are like what is like a nugget of knowledge? Like your favorite little thing about Disney that no outsider could possibly know? be about like the parks or the company don't violate any ndas but i'm just curious
1: you know that's actually a really hard question because i think a lot of the secrets have already been spoiled among amongst the disney fandom uh the first thing that came to mind for me was the utilidors uh so i actually live in florida and i i don't live that close to disney world i'm about two and a half hours north of it because i live in northern florida and that's obviously down in Orlando. But Magic Kingdom is actually built on the second story of the park. So there's a whole underground tunnel system that they built in order to keep the theming consistent within the areas of the park. So the whole idea was, well, we have the Tomorrowland, we have the Frontierland, we have all these themed areas. And it wouldn't be right if we saw a Tomorrowland character in a Frontierland themed area. It just wouldn't. I guess the story, the theming would be ruined, right? So they created this whole under tunnel, underground tunnel system, excuse me, that allows cast members to walk around freely and you don't have to worry about being in the wrong area of the park. Now, I don't think that's super exclusive knowledge. It's not something that I think we're supposed to advertise and you're actually not supposed to take any sort of pictures when you're down in the tunnels. Um, you can get in trouble for that, but things have been leaked and uh guests can actually tour the tunnels too they have i think it's called the keys to the kingdom tour but they actually will take you down there and you can see um, what the system looks like so i think that's a pretty cool piece of knowledge um gosh i'm trying to think there's so many things that i've learned that it's hard to pick a top i guess like little tidbit of knowledge i think that one's pretty cool even though it's
2: not super secret do you have a favorite one then melissa because like you're talking to you're talking to disney noobs like (laughs) in this call (laughs) we are we are not we're not well versed in this universe
1: (laughs) oh i see man um
2: even if it's like well known or something is there like a favorite like secret you know
1: (laughs) yeah well, I think it's a pretty well-known secret, but in Disneyland, they have an apartment that Walt actually spent time in when he was alive. So mm-hmm. right as you enter the park on the left-hand side, you'll see like a, oh, what is it called? Like a town hall, they all, they, they're all themed after like different little small town buildings, right? So I think you have like a town hall, which is where guest services is. And then to the right of that, you have the fire station. And on the second story, there's a tiny apartment Now, I actually was supposed to tour this apartment during my professional internship, but it got cut short due to the coronavirus. So I never actually got to go inside, but there's a window where they have a light that's always on in his memory. And during the Christmas time, they'll change that to a Christmas tree. So I think that's a really neat detail. Um, And it makes you remember that Walt actually walked the parks, even though his lifetime was like pretty short compared to I guess, this lifetime that Disney has had and a lot of the popularity that was gained occurred after his passing. So I think that's a really neat detail.
0: That's super interesting. Well, I, from my knowledge, uh, Walt passed away in like 66. And so -hmm. that's like halfway through the lifetime of Disney or something like that. Does it? Maybe? Don't fact check me on that. But I mean, it's been a while. You're right. And so, and it's also kind of cool because like, someone who only went to Disneyland during Christmas time would only see the Christmas tree or the Christmas lights. And then someone who only went like any other time of the year would only see like just a regular light. Mm-hmm. And so that detail, it seems like not many people would know that. So thank you for, uh, for blessing us with that knowledge. Yeah, of course. Okay. So it's apparent from our conversation so far that you have a lot of knowledge about Disneyland and Disney World I mean, you've spent a lot of time in both California and Florida. And so, okay, so let's pretend that Jarrell is like a five-year-old kid and he's in love with Disney. And he just sold all of his Avengers Funko Pops and his beloved Cruella Deville body pillow just so he had enough money to visit a park. But he doesn't know which one to visit. How would you help him decide if he should go to Disneyland or Disney World?
1: So I think that I have somewhat of an unpopular opinion. I think most people, (coughs) excuse me, would probably argue for Disney World in the sense that there's more parks, there's more resorts. It's all around a larger theme park, resort area. So if you're only going to have one vacation that you can do, most people opt for Disney World because there's more there. Um, Having spent time at both, Disneyland is the winner for me. It's the original. Uh, It's definitely smaller than the Florida parks, and I'm sure it's smaller than the the parks overseas as well, but there's just something about it that it's very hard to explain. I think it's the originality of it and the fact that that's the only park that Walt Disney was actually alive to see, because he actually passed away before Magic Kingdom opened, which would have been the second park. So I just think for the fact that it's the original, Walt actually walked through it himself. Disneyland is the way to go. Um, And I think the original Disneyland has been kind of recreated in many ways and other parks around the world. So Magic Kingdom and Disneyland, I would argue are pretty similar. Hong Kong Disneyland has a lot of the same feel. Now they just upgraded the castle, I think. I wanna say they unveiled it maybe a month or two ago, but that one had the same castle as the, the Anaheim Disneyland for a while. So even though that one's been kind of recreated throughout other parks. There's just something about the original that I don't think you can really get the feeling for anywhere else.
0: Interesting. Little Jarrell, are you convinced?
2: Oh yeah, 100%. I'm totally a five-year-old boy.
0: Oh my goodness. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I'm curious, Melinda, what you've spent a lot of time with Disney. What are your biggest gripes? Are you like an old married couple with Disney? Do you just have like a bunch or is there like just little things you kind of notice here and there?
1: Ooh, um, I think. Well, I don't want to talk about any stories that I have as a employee because that probably would get me in trouble. But I'll speak from a guest perspective. I think probably the biggest downsides of Disney are not Disney's fault. It's just the nature of theme parks. So the lines get long, restaurants get crowded, attractions shut down. All of these things are just normal occurrences at theme parks. But I think what makes Disney stand out is that the cast members really do a good job of handling these inconveniences. So if you're just having a really bad day, usually cast members, they're given the ability to um, turn things around for you. We actually have that permission to do that. So I think that's a really neat feature. Disney's really keen on the customer service and the guest experience aspects of the company. And I think that definitely shows um, Florida. It's hot, it's humid going in the summer is, really difficult. I actually usually avoid it. Um, So even when I had an annual pass, I would never really set foot there June or July. Sometimes I would go in August because my birthday is in August. So I would suck it up for that one day. (laughs) But generally I, I avoid that at all costs because that's the busiest. It's the hottest. It rains pretty much every afternoon in the summer. And so it'll cool down for a few, I don't know, maybe like 30 minutes or so, and then once it starts heating back up, it just gets so muggy. So, I think those are pretty much the biggest downsides to experiencing Disney. Um, being a cast member can be difficult too sometimes because we are held to such high expectations, but Disney has such a high reputation that it makes sense. So, I think. Disney can be challenging to work for, but at the same time it's worth it because you can see the smiles that you put on people's faces and especially the little kids. I think my best experiences of working in the parks have been with little kids because they just get so excited and you can really make their day by doing the simplest of things.
0: That's awesome. So Disney as a company, I mean, they have like a really big reputation and it seems like a lot of companies like that. They kind of just, ride off of the reputation and sometimes can let the customer experience kind of go by the wayside and just be like, okay, well, we're a huge brand. If you don't like it, like suck it up. It seems like Disney doesn't do that. It seems like they actually are active about trying to make the experience a positive thing. Even as you said, like there's long lines. Is that, is that true? Like coming from, I mean, you've worked there. Do you feel like that's like they try?
1: Um, yeah, I'm actually trying to look up, this is kind of embarrassing because I I worked for Disney for a while, but there's something called the four keys, which I think some people might be aware of. Um, I would say maybe the bigger Disney fans, but these are the keys that they use to, I guess, train cast members for their roles. So those in order are safety, courtesy, show, and efficiency. So all of these tie into that customer service, guest experience type aspect that I've mentioned. You know, safety is number one. If guests are unsafe or something happens, you know, that's gonna ruin their whole vacation. Courtesy, you know, we wanna be kind to the guests. We wanna be respectful of not only their time, but for a lot of people, a trip to Disney is one of the most expensive things you can buy, aside from a house or a car. So for so many families, it's pretty much a once in a lifetime experience. They'll save up. Um, So they definitely, I think, take that into consideration. Uh, And then the show piece that kind of goes back into what I was saying before, that every single thing that Disney does is intentional. Every detail that you see, uh, I'm trying to think of one. Oh, this is a secret that I can tell you now that I think about it. So in Galaxy's Edge, so the Star Wars themed area of the parks, they have it both in Disneyland and Anaheim and then they have it in Hollywood Studios. They're pretty much carbon copies of each other. But on the trash cans, they have the code that was on the trash compactor, I think in Star Wars, the fourth one, A New Hope. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, but that's a little detail there. So what that, or I guess those random letters and numbers are not so random. That's like an actual detail from the movies. And then the last of the four keys is that efficiency piece. So that just goes back to the whole concept of, there's so many people who want to visit and we want to make the experience as good as we can for everybody. So I think just the way that Disney goes about things, they're really intentional about making the magic happen for people. There's always this whole, I guess, push to make magic happen that they tell us like as cast members. Right. So I think that's the number one goal. And Walt just wanted to make people happy. I don't know if you've ever like read on his history and his childhood, but he went through a lot. And so I think, He just wanted to bring joy to the world when he didn't have a lot of joy growing up because of personal circumstances in his life. So that's really Disney's mission. And I think they really do deliver on that for sure.
0: Okay, interesting. Yeah, I appreciate that perspective. Um, One thing that you mentioned is that cast members, they have like agency to turn it around when like a guest is having a bad day. What, What exactly does that entail?
1: So I'm not sure. If I'm supposed to disclose this. Entirely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't, um, don't break any NDAs if you don't need to. All right. You gotta, you gotta keep the magic going.
1: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm technically not employed for them anymore. Cause I got laid off, but uh, I do want to go back one day. So yeah, I think, man, I'm trying to think of like a good example. So, okay. Say like a, a family has, a child that had some sort of accident and their their clothes are ruined right we as cast members have the ability to give them a whole new outfit for free if we think you know the situation calls for it Um, okay okay so i would not abuse this power because we actually keep track of people too (laughs) so we have like a um, database yeah we definitely do these i guess what are they called oh man i think they're called magical moments where we can pick people at random just to do like a little bit something extra to make their day special. So I think PhotoPass does a really good job of this, of going above and beyond to take some extra photos. Now, this isn't exactly the case right now with COVID. I think PhotoPass got cut back a little bit, um, which is unfortunate. I hope they're gonna bring it back because I love my photos from Disney. Um, So I think PhotoPass does a really good job. And then same thing too, when it comes to like little kids, you know, if they're in like a princess outfit or like a little knight outfit or whatever costume they might be wearing, just going above and beyond to tell them like, oh, hi princess, or oh, you look so strong, or just like kind of making them feel special in little ways. Like we have the agency to do that. So it's pretty neat.
2: Interesting. That's really cool. That's really cool. Wait, so I, I I do wanna I do wanna ask. Or sorry, Melinda. Whoa, <laughs> I merged your last name and your normal Melinda, uh, I, I did wanna ask though. You said that like you guys keep track of of kind of those magical moments. Or do you have like a tracker for your set? Like when you were a cast member, like oh, I'm only allowed like four magical moments today. Or like, or I'm <laughs> just I'm just curious.
1: <laughs> um. You know, it really, I don't think there's like a set system. I think it's just kind of, if the circumstance arises, you can, you know, go above and beyond. Now, like the little things, like I said, like complimenting the little kids or just if someone has a happy birthday button or just like simple things that are not material, like you can do that as much as you want, right? Like there's no limit to that. Um, I think when it comes to the magical moments, we want them to be like random in some sense. Like if everybody got that, it wouldn't be a magical moment. Right. So it really is just kind of like on an as needs slash when you feel like it type basis. Now we don't just like hand out stuff for free. Like that does not happen. Um, It'd be nice, but we don't. So yeah, I definitely think it's just a matter of if you see a situation that you think you can make better, you can go ahead and take the initiative to do so.
0: Okay, Okay. so you're saying that if I just accidentally fell into like a mud puddle uh, next time I went to Disneyland, there would be like a non-zero chance that I could get my outfit uh, funded by by Disneyland?
1: You know, I think that would be up to the discretion of the cast members who are working that day. Now, I've only worked in the parks at Walt Disney World. I don't know what Disneyland's policy is because I worked backstage in a more like office type setting when I was there. So I can't really speak for what Disneyland's policy would be. I would assume it's something, I mean, they have to have something similar because, I mean, it's one company, but I don't know for sure. I also worked at the Magic Kingdom, which is, I would call like the flagship type park for Florida. So when people think of Disney World, they usually think of Magic Kingdom. They think of the castle, they think of the Fantasyland rides, Tomorrowland. They don't necessarily default to Epcot, Hollywood Studios, or Animal Kingdom, And I've actually had guests say like, oh, hey, we're in Disney World. I'll I'll say, well, technically, yes, but you're in Magic Kingdom, which is one of four parks. So some people are not even aware that, you know, Disney World is as big as it is. So I think in Magic Kingdom, there's a little extra pressure to deliver that guest experience because for so many people, that's like the icon of Disney. When they think of Disney World, like Magic Kingdom is it.
2: Huh. So there's a non-zero chance. (laughs)
1: as long as it doesn't look like you're there to like intentionally rip them off i think i think they might help you out okay. but again i can't speak for who's working that day so
0: <laughs> Interesting. maybe i'll get an annual pass and try it out like seven or eight times just see i don't know we'll, we'll see we'll see um okay so moving on to your work for disney so a while back you completed the disney college program and more recently you actually worked at Disney in a more professional capacity. So could you tell us a little bit more about your experiences in these positions?
1: Yeah, so I did the Disney college program for the spring 2019 term. So I'll say in general, they have spring and fall terms and then you can keep extending if you choose to do so. Um, I didn't do that personally, because I had another internship for my major that I wanted to pursue. So I just did the spring term, which was from January through May. So I actually lived in housing that was near, um, it was towards Disney Springs, um, but I think they've moved the cast housing. So I don't think people would actually live there anymore if they were doing the college program, which actually has been suspended due to COVID, but I hope they bring it back because it's a really fun experience. But I worked in merchandise, which is one of several roles that you could do. And I'll be honest, it wasn't my favorite role, but I liked the experience of working for Disney and being in the park because I think in order to truly understand how Disney operates, you kind of have to see the other side. So I had a lot of knowledge already by like being a pretty active guest and having gone so many times, but it wasn't until I saw the backstage components that I truly understood that there's so many moving parts to Disney and it's such a well-oiled machine. Honestly, to this day, it still amazes me. Now, I can't really talk like too much about what I saw backstage, but of course. I just, there's so many details that go into it that I think it's pretty amazing. So that was like, I guess what you would call a guest facing role. And I'm actually using a lot of the Disney lingo. So if you are a cast member, there are a lot of terms that we use. Um, So we don't say that we're employees, we say that we're cast members, which I think is a pretty well known term, um, unless you've really only been to Disney like once or twice. Um, So we're cast members, because we're all part of the show, right. And so we have other words like on stage, backstage, guest facing, non guest facing. Um, So if any of those words don't make sense. I, I can definitely explain. but okay. yeah, being I guessing, probably
0: wouldn't know very much, <laughs> but I think Jarrell, you've been there like 50 times, right? You probably know all those terms.
2: Uh, I was thinking about this again, very deeply. And I think I've only been there probably about 10 times. Okay. So, all right. so the lower end of the double digits, not, about, not the <laughs> right. higher end of the double digits. Okay.
1: I mean, don't feel bad because I've met people here in Florida who've lived here their whole life and they've never been to Disney World. So... I guess living in that state doesn't guarantee you a visit, but anywho. Yeah. So I think being guest facing is really interesting because guests go through a lot, especially the ones with young kids. I think like with the heat and everything, young kids tire out quickly and, you know, you want to make their day special, but they can get cranky. They can get tired. They can get heat exhaustion. You know, there's so many different things that can go on. So I think it's really just a good experience in customer service and really understanding that you know people have this vision of Disney and they want to have the most magical day ever but those circumstances you know might be out of their control and so i think working a guest facing role really helped me when i transitioned to a non guest facing role so after i graduated from uf in december 2019 i actually moved back to california Um, And I was supposed to be there from January, I think through end of May, beginning of June or so. Um, But that got cut short mid-March due to coronavirus. But I think the knowledge that I gained from working a guest facing role was helpful when I worked a professional role that was not guest facing because I could see both sides of the coin. Um, And you really have a better perspective for the entire operation when you work more than one role because they all really do fit together.
0: Do, do you think that the, the values of the company, because I mean, I, I know for more customer facing roles, it's like they're probably more strongly emphasized because your behavior is going to like rub off on the customers and they're like, their experiences kind of depend on how you behave. But for like more backend stuff, like more business facing stuff, do you feel like it's similar or is it maybe more like corporate?
1: So I would say that a lot of the core values that Disney teaches apply to both guest-facing and non-guest-facing roles. So obviously in a guest-facing type role, you really are more, I guess, representative of the company, right? So like when a guest comes to Disney World, they don't necessarily know that there are people who are working backstage in offices. So my office when I worked in Disneyland was right behind Space Mountain. All the times that I've been to Disneyland, I had no clue that there was an office building backstage. There's the one that you can see from the highway. I forget the name of that highway, but it's the big green building you get off of, um, I think if you turn left, it's like Catella. And I'm really messing up these directions because I have not lived there in a while, but (laughs) it's a large green office building behind Disneyland. I think most people know about that one. Um, But I think in general, people are not, fully aware of those types of roles, but those people can still go on stage. We still would walk through the park. We would have our name tags on. So even though we weren't wearing the costumes that an attractions cast member would wear or a merchandise cast member would wear, like we were still representing the company. So I would say just because you're backstage doesn't mean that you can really forego those values. And Disney is also really keen on show in all parts of um, the parks and the resorts. So they want your cubicle to be clean. They want the backstage areas to be neat and tidy. They want people to be kind to each other and courteous to each other, even if they're not guests. So I think those values really hold strong throughout.
0: Gotcha, okay. I'm just imagining like an accountant at Disney, like donning their Cinderella costume and then going and like facing the the little kids and like, you know what? The values permeate throughout all the roles. it's heartwarming that no that's really cool and that's interesting because like i'm sure it's very not true for a lot of companies where there are like customer facing and back-end roles right okay so i know we're um we're starting to get to the end and so i was curious this podcast is called the weird internet podcast and i hope that didn't um that wasn't meant to offend anybody that are part of these communities but i'm curious um usually at the end of our episodes, we give like a a weirdness rating from zero to 10 of the community that we explored for the week. Okay. And you've been exploring this community for many more weeks. Mm -hmm. So if you could give the Disney fandom community a weirdness rating from zero to 10, what would it be and why? You
1: know, it's kind of hard. Because I don't want to offend anybody, but I think my weirdness rating would actually be pretty high. Uh, <laughs> probably like an eight or a nine. Oh I don't know how it compares to other but I'll explain. Okay? Uh,
0: okay. Okay.
1: So I think the fans that, <clears throat> excuse me, are really, really invested, they do some weird things. You know, like for a while, Disney had this whole merchandise line in the parks that was based off of different colors. So they had like potion purple and rose gold. And so for those collections, they would have a spirit jersey. They would have the sparkly like mini mouse ear headband. They would have a sparkly backpack. They would have all sorts of merchandise <laughs> that would correspond to this color. And I kid you not, certain people, the, the big fans, they would get in line to buy said merchandise. And sometimes you'd wait a while because stuff sells out, right? Yeah. They would buy that merchandise and then they'd be wearing it around the parks. So you'd be head to toe, <laughs> rose gold like potion purple whatever the color like the the latest greatest color was and I mean I'm 22 years old and I have a ton of Disney stuff in my room my desk which you can't see is I mean it's covered and I have pins I have magnets I have just a ton of stuff which a lot of people might argue is like little kiddish but I (laughs) (laughs) I love Disney and that's how I show it so yeah I think The Disney fandom, especially the annual pass holders, they're very committed. They love their merchandise. They love collecting things. They know all sorts of random knowledge that the average park goer would probably never come across. So, yeah, I think we're weird.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. All I know about Disney merch is that there's like seasonal popcorn buckets that you can like,
2: (laughs) there's like people (laughs) wait hours in those lines I am like,
0: okay, respect.
2: Do do you happen to own one of those Melinda? Uh, Seasonal popcorn bucket? (laughs) Just, you know, no, no, no judgment here. We're just.
1: So, okay. I will say that Disneyland has better merchandise. I think Disneyland gets all the cool stuff earlier than disney world i don't know if this is a hundred percent true like all the time but that's a trend that i've noticed and i think the popcorn buckets are cooler in california i'm not a popcorn fan so i unfortunately don't have any um but i have seen people who are obsessed and i knew a couple people in college who were friends of mine who didn't work for disney but they had annual passes and they were obsessed with popcorn buckets (laughs) i think in disneyland the big thing is the churros they have so many different flavored churros and Again, I'm also not a churro fan, so I don't like to oh, buy into that. I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the classic park food, um, but yeah, it's it's quite interesting the the degree to which people become obsessed with things like popcorn buckets. And honestly, Disney can sell anything. I've seen little salt and pepper shakers that look like the trash cans around the theme park, and people are obsessed with those. It's just if you can think of it, Disney can probably sell it. It's it's really fascinating. Their
0: branding is on point i'll give them that
1: yeah
2: as long as it's family friendly of course always yeah, family yeah. friendly of
1: course oh uh, well okay i have a story about that actually
2: oh no yep. oh, oh no they're gonna go. open here a can go. of worms here oh we no
1: I, well okay i don't think i'm gonna get in trouble for saying this but okay so some people like to collect shot glasses right okay so sometimes we would have guests come in and they would say hey like do you guys sell any shot glasses? Which we did, but we weren't allowed to call them shot glasses. We had to refer to them as toothpick holders. So we say, Oh, yeah, we have toothpick holders. And sometimes the guests would be so confused. Like, that's not what I asked for. And I said, Oh, well, like, let me show you. And then, you know, it would work itself out. But
0: oh, my, that has to, definitely. that probably has to be my favorite. Detail that you've told us <laughs> so far. That is so
1: funny. Well, I have so many that I could discuss, but I probably would get banned from the company. So Unfortunately, <laughs> I can't disclose some of the really cool information.
2: Yeah, a lot more code words, you know, like other toothpick holders.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, we yeah, have <laughs> things like code V. Like if someone throws up, we're not supposed to say, "Oh, like someone threw up." We call it a code V. Oh, interesting. interesting.
0: Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. All right. We'll take that. We'll take that discussion offline. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's actually all the questions I had. Yeah. Gerald, did you have any, have any points you wanted to cover while we have Melinda here?
2: Uh, no, this was, this is awesome. I I feel like I've, I've gotten a peek a little bit into, into the, the, the fandom. Uh, it's so close to us. Cause you know, Hondra uh, and I, we're, we're, we're like, Twenty or thirty minutes away from Disneyland, and uh, I had my fair share of friends growing up that went religiously, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, didn't didn't ever think that uh, such a <laughs> such an involved community and um, lifestyle of uh, Disney was. So
1: yeah, it it really is. I think uh, SoCal is so interesting because that park is so much based on the residents and the annual pass holders that you don't really get a lot of visitors, but in Florida, it's the opposite. So you probably have more of like an 80 to 20% ratio here where you have 80% of people coming in like as vacationers and 20% annual pass holders. And I think at Disneyland, it's more like a 90%, 10% split where it's a lot of locals oh. there. So I think the elimination of the annual pass holder program is interesting. I definitely think that will have to come back in some capacity in the future because I just, I don't know how Disneyland can really function without it when it's so much of their like guest base. So that's interesting. I think COVID has definitely thrown a lot of curveballs, and I can't really discuss a lot of the details. But they were coming up with some pretty interesting ways to try to work around it. Um, so I'm excited for them to reopen soon. I I really want to come visit, but I'm not a California resident, so I'll have to wait until they lessen the restrictions a little bit.
0: For sure. Yeah. Now we definitely have to take a Disneyland trip.
1: Mm-hmm. Now that,
0: now that I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting into this. Um, and there's like, there's so many like little things um, Devil's really in the details or for Jarrell, The Deville is really in the details. <laughs> oh yes.
2: <laughs> yes. My body pillow need to buy that back.
0: Yeah, dude. Yeah. Sorry about that, man. But yeah. So I think, I think that's going to be it for this interview. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Melinda, for your insight into Disney as a company, a lot of great insider knowledge. Very grateful to have you on. And yeah, Jarrell, do you have any closing thoughts?
2: Uh, no, I'm just very surprised that an insider of this community gave such a high weirdness rating. Um, (laughs) Definitely, we'll have to put this in our calculations for our official episode. So thank you Uh, for that.
1: uh, (laughs) Of course. I mean, I think, I think we're weird. I'll be (laughs) really honest with you. we're obsessed with fictional characters. We like our merchandise. We like our churros. Not me, but others like their churros. So I think it's kind of weird. But yeah, thanks okay. for having me. If you ever want to discuss things further, I'm happy to come back. I, I could talk about Disney all day, so.
0: Definitely, I can I can hear the passion. Um, And right now, do you, did you want to plug any of your like social media or anything like that?
1: Um, I don't really have an active Disney social media. I've actually taken 2021 to take a social media hiatus so nice. I don't really have any to share at this time because I'm not on social media. Um, but if that changes in the future, I can let you know.
0: For sure, yeah, and
2: we'll, uh, we'll edit it in. <laughs> yeah, 100%. What well, we definitely, uh, after you've opened this can of worms, I think we'll definitely do a either a follow-up or a spinoff about Disney for sure. So we'll, we'll definitely hit you up if we're uh, pursuing that, so.
1: Yeah, of course. There's a ton of conspiracy theories. There's lots of stuff you can read online that doesn't come from someone who's previously worked for the company. So I don't think that could get me in trouble. So feel free to look into that if you want me to share any thoughts, like I can do that. So.
2: Wonderful.
0: Might just take you up on that. Yeah. Well, uh, that's going to be it. So thank you everyone for listening and we will see you in the next one. Take care.